Hello and welcome to another edition of Editing Aloud. And apparently we've got a lot to talk about uh, today. Stuff that happened late last week, earlier this week, um, and yesterday. And today, quite frankly. But the first thing I want to ask, um, uh, Sikonati, uh, because you've written about this a lot, is the PRC. Dan Majila has gone with um, immediate effect, although he seems to have some argument with that. Um, what does it mean? Why should we be concerned? The FM, um, we've got both the editor and the deputy editor of the FM with us today. The FM says his resignation is cause for concern. I thought we wanted him to go. No, no, the politicians did, not us. Right. They, is that the cause for concern? Uh, absolutely. Uh, for Dan Machila has really been fighting for his job, particularly since Malusi Kigaba became finance minister, if you remember, a month uh, after that, uh, Malusi appointed his deputy, Sfiso Butelezi, a man who's got quite an interesting relationship with money as well. And we have, uh, he, he then he appointed Kolani uh, Mkwanazi and Matuko Mukoka. Those people, uh, a month after their appointment onto the board of the PIC, Daniel Machila had been accused and facing an investigation of uh, funding uh, uh, money, the PIC's money, to, to what we were told was his girlfriend. And uh, a month later... Just remind us, because the, 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 deputy, the deputy finance minister is normally the chairman of the PIC board, right? Traditionally. Yeah. Uh, and that's not in the law. But no. the, the, yeah, the, the finance minister so is under, the shareholder. Under, yeah, under Malusi, then it was his deputy who was chairman. Yes. And every, that, was, that was, remind me, I can't remember. Oh, that's right, yeah. So every finance minister has put on the board of the PIC as chairman yeah. his own deputy. Yeah. So uh, Kikaba continued with that tradition, and we have now the deputy finance minister, Monty Kungubele, yeah. as chairman of the PIC. Yeah. And uh, Machila has really been fighting for his job, many things, including uh, the allegations. Uh, then jo Geoff Badlander, after the board of the PIC, under the, the leadership of Sisobu Telezi, said, oh, we, we're investigating him, and then now we've cleared him, but we'll do an, an investigation in September and October. All of those came out and said, Machila is not guilty of anything. Including Badlander's report? Badlander's report has not been released to the public. Yeah. What has been released or, or what has been leaked out is one segment of it which, in which uh, the, the report is alleged to say Daniel Machila has got no romantic relationship whatsoever with Pretty okay. Low yeah. and that one David Mahlobo actually did introduce uh, Pretty to Daniel Machila and asked for financial assistance on her behalf, yeah. which of course Machila then irregularly, uh, it would seem, uh, did, 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 uh, did afford. But the, the gist of the matter is, the, the, Machila is not the first executive in the PIC to just leave like that because he's now fallen out of favor with politicians. And not once has there been an explanation as to what has he done. Uh, Elias Masilela exactly resigned like that and everybody keeps ignoring the fact that these are people in charge of two trillion rand of... But I mean the story about Elias Masilela, if I remember it rightly, Rob, was that, was that Dan Machila himself was part of the, part of the coup. Mm. I mean, that I think got that rid of Masilela. But, but I think the point, the point is that in this case, you know, it is the largest um, investment manager on the continent. It has, it controls civil servants' money. And we, not, we don't know what's happening inside. We don't know the actual gravity of the allegations against Daniel Machila. He's allowed to just leave. We should have full insight into what happened, what went wrong, and what's going wrong with the governance at this but institution. But isn't there going to be now a commission of inquiry, which has got a, quite a short time to, 
to, to function into some of the deals that were done. In other words, the financing or the funding, for example, of Iqbal surveys companies or the NIEF ones that were, mm. were going to be listed and they weren't, and including the, the purchase and acquisition of uh, independent newspapers. And various other deals. Erin Energy, which was, yeah. you know, uh, Kessler Wall ran that thing right. and he was yeah. well, good friends with Jacob Zuma. But we forget Majila offered to resign and said in six months' time. And the board is, I mean, I think the board sat down and said no, that because there was a breakdown of trust basically between himself and the board. Do you the think board they made, made a, a mistake, Ron? Yeah, they, who do you made, think they made a mistake? By accepting the designation? Yeah. No, I think it was perfect uh, to do that. I think he would, he would, he would have been a problem with this, this, the whole inquiry and well, you think Majid has been at PIC 15 years odd. He's an institution within PIC. But I think I, he's a systemic risk to PIC. I think they made the right call by moving. But I think everything that's gone wrong in the PIC centers around Majid. Sure. Whether he collapsed the, the chief investment officer position and made chief investment officer and CEO one position, basically yeah. made himself so central to the cog of the PIC. I think he's... But he was also good at his job, didn't he? Because the PIC outperformed the market, is from what I... But it's kind of like... it's, it's difficult. Does it, can anyone outperform yes, the market? Yes, because you oh, okay. basically own the J. The JC yeah. rises, PIC yeah. does well, right? And the question of PIC was always the unlisted segment. And there were some questionable deals there that people are asking questions about, right? And rightfully so. And the central cogs of the whole thing is Dan Machida. So I think that PIC, the board did the right thing. He, he offered to design first, and the board said, no, we're going to wait but, six months for you to design. But let's just come back to, to, to second idea. What I don't understand is, what, is there a political agenda behind, uh, behind Machila going? And if there is, what is it? L l yes, there is. And One, is, yeah. every politician that gets into the union buildings has an, a problem at, at Lutuli House, which is a funding for the ANC as a start. We are approaching an election. Two, Malusi Kigaba came in and had a budget that he really needed billions and billions of rent, and they identified the, the funds under the PIC, and the PIC said, no, we're not giving our money to South African Airways, we're not giving our money to ESCOM, because our pensioners, our beneficiaries need the money. So they manufactured all these charges to get him out of the way, which did not stick. Now, the transparency, Bud Lenders report, he did the investigation. It was finished two months ago. The Public Investment Corporation's board has not published those findings. We don't know what's the problem. Now, take a step back. Every president and every finance minister has come with their own chief executive at the PIC. Whether that is coincident or not, I do not know. Brian Mulefe served under uh, Tabombegi and Trevor Manuel. Elias Masalela was handpicked and brought in by Jacob Zuma when he was outside of the PIC after Mulifia left. There was Daniel Mach Ma Machila there. You could make the argument that Machila should have gotten the job back then, uh, but uh, Masalela proved... That's Machila made an argument, that's why he, he, he knifed Ma Masalela. Exactly. <laughs> so you could make the argument that uh, Masalela proved useless to Zuma or, or obstructed yeah. Zuma's projects, yeah. uh, which is uh, Ma Ma Machila then made himself very useful and they knifed Masalela out. The same thing has now happened uh, but, to Machila. But, but, but you but, cannot... But, but hold on, Machila has always played politics himself. So you Absolutely. can't sit there and say, oh, he's a pawn in this whole game. He's Absolutely. played that the factions exactly of the ANC. So defending Machila, he's played the factions exactly of the whole... They, they brought in a guy because Zuma knew Masalela very well when he was in exile. He lived in Elias Masalela's yeah. home in Swaziland. So he thought, I'm bringing my own man. It's going to do what I want. And uh, Elias was like, no, that's not going to happen. So basically Machila, there's, basically uh, there's no the explanation rescue. as to why there's, he's been let go. There's no explanation. Other than, other than party funding. 
it's not even party funding. Mm. There's a lot. Like Ron pointed out, the unlisted deals is where all this corruption happens. Yeah. And and the, the, the important thing here, all the corruption, or at least more than half of it, comes with the politicians, as as it does with ESCOM, Transnet, yeah. all the companies owned by the state. Because the finance minister, he naturally appoints a board, fires the board, yeah. including the chief executive and chief yeah. finance officer. Yeah. Uh, that is the biggest problem. Okay, so this, this, this new um, uh, commission, who's going to run it? It's a former Reserve Bank Governor, uh, Jill Marcus. Oh, Jill Marcus. Uh, Jill Marcus is going to be helping. Uh, with some help, she's got with two assessors. Yeah, yeah, with, some, yeah, yeah. with, with quite a few uh, uh, other assessors. senior people. Okay. Yeah. And, and she's got until the end of April, I think, okay, yeah. before the election. Before so, the election. Yeah. Okay, I mean, cool. yeah, this is... And Patrick Bulger, um, John Steenhouse uh, is the chief whip of the DA. Turns out doesn't have a degree. Um, yeah. I've got a degree, which is why I can be a real journalist. Um, but it's a but journalism degree, Peter. Come on. <laughs> I well, don't I, but I'm officially qualified. <laughs> hey, real journalists don't have degrees. <laughs> yeah. I know. Look, I don't tell. I don't tell many people. I haven't up until now that I've got a degree in journalism. Um, Nobody will know. I'm not too. I'm not too proud of it. Um, and I usually call it a BA. But anyway, there we go. Yeah. But John Steenhouse, you know, I think is probably the most effective person I've ever seen standing up in this parliament. Um, doesn't and it's come under all sorts of fire from within his own party or yeah. some people obviously stirring it up for him um, but he came back very nicely yesterday I don't know whether you whether you saw him standing in Parliament yeah is it a thing well it certainly is a thing I mean if they make it a, a rule that you have to have a degree to serve in the you know as chief whip for example mm. well that's him out unless he can get a quick sort of two-month degree I, I guess sort of in his favour... You, you can do these things. <laughs> uh, what he's got in his favour is that, is, is that he never claimed to have a degree. Yeah, so he hasn't been lying about his qualifications um, or anything like that. You know, and of course it's being said in the DA among those opposed to him that had he been black, he would never have got in that position without a degree. Mm. Well, that's a moot point. Mm. But I think as you point out... I mean, let's, let's first agree on that. That is really true, though. Well, I'm not sure the sort of... The you know, DA the, puts you... Right now, and Stian Hazen sits in that panel where they select public representatives. There's many loops to jump over for, for any candidate, including uh, qualifications. Yes, of course, yes. the constitution of the republic sends anyone uh, who's over 18 to parliament. No, yeah. no, no the, the issue, they, they, they are just now trying to make uh, what's good for the goose good for the government. Well, possibly, but uh, with the rule as it stands, the it's clear that that they couldn't have barred you on the basis of your colour, whether you had a degree or not. So, I mean, you, you may well argue that in you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have got that position had you been black. In reality, but but there was technically nothing barring you from. But anyway, no. I mean, to get back to the main point, which is that Steenhazen has been the sort of battering ram for the DA yeah. uh, in Parliament. Yeah, no, he's good. I mean, and one of the DA's strengths really has been its, its parliamentary performance. And that mm. dates back to Tony Leon, Douglas Gibson, mm. and mm. indeed way back further, if you like, to, uh, to Helen Susman. Yeah. Yeah. So it does seem, uh, um, you know, it does seem that there, uh, yeah. that there is a, a faction, if you like, in the DA that, that wants him out. Um, whether that's going to benefit the DA, whether it's going to benefit us in parliament is... Uh, Remains yeah. to be Obviously seen. Obviously, there's a lot of reasons for the, for the opposition, to, uh, all the opposition parties, all the other parties, to want him out. Because the greed person would uh, perform better. I don't think yeah. there's any reason to but, assume uh, he will. Peter, yes. a, a man 
who does not have a degree myself can tell you right now uh, that the constitution of the republic of south africa says you only must be 18 years and above to be a member of parliament yeah, yeah. that this is a rule coming from from within the da itself seems to just be targeting him john steinhazen and it's coming from his province isn't it from his province yeah. from his own party those yeah. are the people who could not compete with him yeah. with all their degrees yeah. in any way yeah. now let's let let's say this once and for all he's absolutely one of the best members of parliament mm. his mm. performance his uh, lack of uh, formal degree not withstanding yeah. he's absolute we then we as he pointed out yesterday we've got thieves in parliament who's got multiple degrees mm. that are totally useless at their jobs yeah. as well i shall not name them unless you demand no, it's fine. <laughs> we, we don't, don't have, have time, time. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a long list um, there's a long list of yeah, thieves. there's a parliament. long there's a long list of things we've got one minute before um before we break um just very very quickly um the public protector uh, uh, and this is the rep her report into the Reserve Bank bailout of Bancorp. Did she make a simple error of judgment, as her counsel was arguing yesterday, or was she being mischievous and, 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 and operating in that report with ill intent? In other words, is she captured? Rob? Uh, no, she, she messed up big time. I mean, the issue is... You know, so you agree she just made a simple error? Uh, I mean, in the absence of any facts that shows any specific agenda, you'd have to say... But didn't she have a, secret meetings with, with, uh, secure, yeah, with she did, security security, security and the presidency, which yeah. she specifically did not disclose yeah. to the Reserve Bank. But doesn't that, doesn't that imply some kind of um, uh, ill intent? It certainly shows bad faith in the process, um, whether it shows that she had another agenda that she was pursuing to perform... What's worse, having act. just made a mistake or having tried to make a mistake? <laughs> yes, no, well, I mean, the you know, like Patrick said earlier, you know, the fact that she didn't do this for another agenda, is, is even worse for her, it's this, this degree of screw-up. <laughs> so today, uh, former Minerals Minister, and I think Public Service and Administration Minister Nguako Ramatlodi is giving evidence to the Zondo Commission in this very building. And he's giving the most amazing uh, detail um, uh, into the way Zuma, former President Jacob Zuma, involved himself in the affairs um, of government via the Guptas, or the way the Guptas were able to involve themselves in, to the extent that they even had one of Zuma's secretaries in their own compound in Saxonwold compiling his diary according to their needs to communicate with him, right? Um, Ramat Lodi is saying to Judge Zondo, I didn't, these people tried desperately to meet me, I always refused, I didn't go to the wedding, I, I, we were outraged at that Zuma allowed, and he says Zuma allowed the plane to land at Weiterkloof. We went to him, a group of ministers from the security cluster, and told him not to go. They were very angry that, the, that this family had been allowed to take control of the government, which seems to me, Patrick, to be the exact opposite of what Greta Mantasha was saying um, yesterday, which is basically that you had to have some contact with the Guptas because that was just a fact of life. I mean, yeah. how much trouble is the ANC and if the former, if you know, if they're now the chairman of the ANC can't tell the truth the way Nguako Ramatlodi has been telling it today? Well, I mean, not a day goes by. I don't think that uh, the ANC is not drawn deeper and deeper into, into the whole state capture saga. And you'll recall that it was a few months ago, Zizi Cordwell, I think, writing in the Sunday Times, said, you know, the ANC is not on trial. 
But the evidence of Barbara Hogan, the testimony as yet, uh, I think, uncross-examined. Um, and now Ramatlodi and, and Mantashi himself, you know, shows that the ANC was indeed uh, deeply involved yeah. in, uh, aiding, was captured. in aiding and abetting uh, the, the Guptas. Part of it seems to have been on behalf of Zuma, who they all seem to have been sort of more or less yeah, terrified. Yeah, I mean, what Ramatlodi seems to be saying to the, 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 the commission is that, you know, people, people in the NEC genuinely liked Zuma because he's an affable guy and, mm. and he's, he's friendly, you know, and basically he said, listen, he told the NEC when they, when they complained to him, these people have been good to my family and I'm going to, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to break my friendship with them, I break my relationship um, with them. And what, what terrible consequences they run. I mean, because not only is the party now implicated in state capture, but, but you can see the way individual lives like Nguakarama Flodi were affected. I mean, he's an honorable guy. I mean, he might be a politician, but I mean, you know, for, I, 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 he was, the day he was fired as minerals minister, he was in Zuma's office. This is a story I've heard and I've published it a number of times and nobody's ever contradicted it. He walked out. And they're waiting outside to go into his office was Dudazani Zuma and Mosabenzi Zwane. Yeah. Dudazani had brought Zwane, who was the Gupta choice, to meet his dad. Yeah. We probably didn't know each other. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I'm like, this, this entire Zondo commission is, I, I agree, it's the ANC on trial. And <clears throat> if, I mean, as you, you think this should weaken, I mean, it should weaken the ANC to, to an extent, but I guess opposition parties are falling over themselves. But it is the ANC on trial. And, but what we're seeing emanate from Mungwako, Mungwako, I, I, I like the fact that you call him a politician, because he is, and there's things that he's done. I'm sure there's some questions and marks about him, as well as Goethe. In operating in the past 10 years, I mean, it's the fact Mungwako becoming uh, Mungwako's minister, they have, there was something to play with the, the, the Gupta choices. He just didn't work out well for the Gupta family. But this is how the past five years, at least, yeah. of the ANC, yeah. how it was in the ANC the past five years. And everyone played a game. So... Some played it thinking that from within I can control it and try to safeguard the country, yeah. but, and they'll be burned. Some of those very same people will, will get burned yeah. in the process. But well, I mean, the one thing for the ANC, yeah. though, I mean, just as the sort of bad apples, if you yeah. like, are being exposed, mm. at the same time, people of quality, integrity, and honor are also it? stepping forth. Yeah. You know, no, it's nice Barbara to Hogan, yeah. Ramat Lodi, yeah. Pravin Gordon uh, yeah. being the most spectacular yeah. example yeah. of that. Yeah. So... Maybe it cuts both. But, but I mean, it's just proving so valuable, eh, Rob? I mean, the, the, uh, Carol Payton's written the lead in Business Day today, and she's gone and found some attachments to Pravin Gordon's evidence, right? Mm. That the government actually agreed on the, at the cabinet meeting on the day that Ntlantlanene was fired in December 2015, they agreed at that cabinet meeting to hide the true cost of the Russian nuclear deal from the public. Yeah, I mean, and, and as we know by now, I mean, the, the nuclear project was Zuma's pet project. Yeah. That's what he wanted to push through. And by yeah. having the right people that he thought in the right positions, it happened. I mean, you look at, like you, you talked about Zawani. I mean, Zawani was there to, to help the Guptas in terms of their mineral interests, yeah. in terms of Oak Bay, Optimum. And also, you know, we keep forgetting that, that Zawani is the guy who convened the commission looking into the banks and what yeah. they did. Yes. So it's, it's a definitive case studying corruption by that very instance of Ramatlaudi being fired and Zawani being put in his place. Yeah. Ramatlaudi, I think, has been the most devastating of the witnesses, actually, because to some extent we knew what Praveen Gordon 
um, had said, he'd said before it repeatedly. Yeah. We knew Barbara Hogan's stance, Roma Claudia, somebody else from outside. We hadn't heard yeah. in, in length on this. So I think his, his testimony is devastating. The secretary in the, Zupta, in, in the Zupta's um, yeah. compound is just staggering. Yeah, wasn't that fantastic? <laughs> I mean, the, apparently she was there to, literally, the Guptas would say, we need to see him on Thursday, but, you know, 12 o'clock. And she would just adjust the diary to... Uh, to, to I mean, to all you need is actual strings because that's, that's a complete... Yeah. That's a puppeteering C scenario. Credit to the ANC for one thing. I, like, I mean, we, we should bash the ANC in the past 10 years and, I mean, in the future, it'll struggle, right? But I've never seen a party in, that, in this position of power the ANC is that has put themselves on trial. I don't, they can deny all they want uh, that this is the ANC on trial. And they, this is them putting themselves out there. Yeah. But in a sense, it's the only way Ramaphosa yeah. can mm. possibly mm. clean and win the yeah. ANC. Is this, this commission almost for his own... His only, and the only thing he's got to count on is the opposition yeah. falls over, all over themselves, which they actually are doing. Well, I mean, and, the, and in the own. process, yeah. aren't really necessarily doing themselves any good. I mean, so Pravin Gordon and the EFF have now become a thing, right? So he's gone and laid what I think are perfectly reasonable charges of um, criminal injuria against... We're talking about Pravin laying the charges, yeah. not the EFF. I was, I, when I was editor of the EFM, I was charged once with criminal injuria. And it's scary. It's a criminal trial, mm. and you're in the dock, I sat in the dock for four days for something someone else had written, and we hadn't picked it up. I think I'd been on holiday, but it was my responsibility. And I got off on a technicality. You know, I would have had a criminal record. I might have even gone to jail for a while. For a while. Criminal record and a degree as a journalist. And a degree as a journalist. <laughs> I mean, you know, the only thing left there is sort of a case of whiskey, and then, you, you know, it would all be fine. But, but the EFS ch charges in return seem to me to be completely cynical and, and, and so, you know, if, if Pravin Gordon has $48 million in a Canadian bank account, Sikonati, I'm going to shoot myself on this, on this, on this show. Don't, don't make promises you can't keep, eh? No. <laughs> it's but not that possible. Account, that account isn't in his name even. I mean, it's just, it's completely bogus. It's just one of those numerous red herrings that they throw yeah. up to, to yeah. divert attention from VBS, from all these things that are proving to be quite, yeah. you know, an albatross around the EFF's neck a couple of months before the elections. But this is the thing, so it is building up nicely, because in a, uh, as I, according to my count, um, uh, the president has until Friday, week after next, to appoint an NDPP. Mm. Um, and so it's a couple of days, there, he's got three names sitting in front of him. Two of them are, are extremely independent and feisty women prosecutors. He says he wants. Uh, he said he wanted female names on the list. They're not going to think twice about charging um, Julius with anything. He's not, in fact, they're not going to let the EFF mess them around, and they're certainly not going to let Cyril Ramaphosa mess them around either. Once they are appointed, and it's good for him because he can say there's nothing I can do. You know, these people are out of control, or whatever it might be. Uh, Peter, the the reality of the matter is that the EFF, like any uh, despot will have to find a diversion. So we don't look at VBS Mutual Bank. Mm. We don't look at the municipalities in Limpopo uh, and everywhere mm. where, where money seems to find its way to people connected with the EFF. Mm. So, uh, and, and we have to, of course, create this scarecrow that these minorities, these Indians, uh, next it will be these white people. Uh, in fact, they have effectively swallowed 
the whole white monopoly capital they took off where Bell Pottinger left and black uh, land yeah. fast. Yeah. White monopoly capital, r r radical economic uh, transformation. Mm. Mm. All thieves talk about those things. Mm. And, and that's where they are now. <clears throat> so d d don't you be distracted. Uh, the, how long have they known about this corruption of Pravin Gordon and what? Why have they uh, kept quiet? Kept quiet? In fact, they did not only keep quiet. They said Pravin is the greatest man in that ANC yeah. Yeah. only but about like, 12 months ago. But look at this. Uh, when Julius was ANC Youth League president uh, way back when, when, when all the on-point investigations mm. came out, Ratanang, the exact same thing started. We started pointing yeah. fingers at the media. Remember that BBC journalists were kicked mm. out and like just... This is whole distraction of how Julius reacts to pressure on his. So this is almost carbon this is, copy. This is, but this it works. Is, yeah. I mean that worked. That case disappeared. But yeah, for now. For now. No, yeah. That, that case but did not disappear. The, 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 the case of tax was settled because some th some some people came out for him and betted for him and gave him money from uh, from illicit cigarettes and, and and all sorts of things. That's one. The, the, the charges again on a technicality can still be reinstated. That, that, that's, Jacob Zuma was charged many years ago and he's going on trial now. So Malima knows this and, and all his EFF people know this, but they have to create again like all thieves and corrupt I people I want to take do. us back as a warning about EFF, right? Because at that ANC Youth League position, he was ousted as a uh, Youth League president. And I guess all of us here, even if he weren't an ANC uh, member or whatever, we all thought he's out of control and the ANC dealt with him. Ramaphosa and the rest kicked him out of the ANC. I just imagine under the pressure now with the EFF that he has at, he, at his beck and call, what he's about to do to shake up the political the, the political dispensation in the next six months under this pressure. So I'm just Ron, wondering about how he, this he guy... He cannot do this. much. He's got uh, right now 6%. Let's go to the election. I don't see them getting 10%. But before that, the election, as Ron, election, election, Ron is saying, you know, what, what can he do? But he's under pressure, Her yeah. Ron. I mean, yeah. the, the stuff coming out on VBS, mm. uh, particularly from uh, Pauli van Beek at, yes. at, at um, uh, Daily Maverick, mm. is devastating. Yeah. And if he's landed in a, you know, she's landed in a whole mountain of bank statements. Yeah. You can you can tell because yeah. we've seen a sight of one of them. Um, and it's linking to him. It's going. It's linking directly yeah. to him. I can't help but get the feeling that um, Malema, you know, whatever his personal agenda might be, seems to be sacrificing the whole future of the EFF. Yeah. Yes, that's what I see. To like, serve a, it seems a, a very short-term. Yeah. I mean, no, it does seem, yeah. yeah. seem that because he. You know, as I think somebody said in a piece, I think it was Bronco Brickage, you know, there's that line from one of Marlon Brando's movies, I could have been, I could have been something, I could have been a contender. Um, and, um, uh, and, and that's going to go away, I think. I mean, I think this must do them enormous damage. I mean, they're not talking about land reform anymore. And we thought, okay, that was their ticket, right? We thought, and my post kind of play, but we thought, okay, the greatest elections, EFF will play on this inequality, and, and these are real issues we have in the country. It's zilch so gone. Now we're busy fighting Pravin Gordon. The conventional way in which we think that, that, that issues should affect elections mm. has been turned upside down in the last couple of years. So I think... I think anything could happen. You know, assuming in a rational world, yeah. this would have an impact, but you don't know that for sure. Assuming Cyril Sikonati, just to finish, Cyril appoints a tough person, clearly independent, whatever it might be, good track record um, at the NPA, probably helps him or her clean up some of the sort of Zuma remnants in the thing, because I think the deputies have to be removed by the president as well. Um, you wouldn't want to take that job if you had... Yeah to inherit those deputies. So they're um, on suspension and uh, fitness to hold office. Yeah, so th that's all that sort of stuff will happen. But assumingly, with, once that is done, then the stage is set for some real action to start happening. 
look, what, what now must happen is Namkabochiba and Kukumkwebi are basically out. The new, the incoming uh, mm. prosecutor does their job, and uh, we see arrests on VBS. There's a lot of evidence. Absolutely, we start with the Guptas, uh, and and we say goodbye to some politicians. Yeah, there we go. Well, the next few weeks promise to be interesting. Stick with us. We won't go away. Well, we will, but for Christmas. But we'll, be, we'll always be with you. <laughs> Take care. Thank you very much.